If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hey, well, so we are. We're, we're actually on now. So, Wait, it started there up. There wasn't a problem? I don't think so. Are you sure it's recording? Yeah. This is crazy. All right, so Jeremiah Creek. Welcome to Jeremiah Creek with Dave Haynes, Paul Garlington, and we have a special guest. Eric Diamond. Neil Diamond's third cousin of once removed. Illegitimate son. Illegitimate son. Sing from Sweet Caroline for us. <laughs> I just was actually in a, a I just had a Neil Diamond, Diamond I had a Neil Diamond moment the other day. Uh, for some reason, oh, it popped up in my TikTok feed. Um, the original video from uh, Love on the Rocks, which I had forgotten. Uh, oh my God, have you ever seen that movie? Is it from a movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's from a, it's from a remake of the jazz scene. Oh. You have not lived until you've seen Neil Diamond doing blackface. He does blackface in that movie. Yeah, because in the original well, Al Jolson. Right, blackface. but in the in the in the video, he he's a Jewish. Oh, I guess so. yeah, I yeah, guess yeah. so. He, Jewish did, he, yeah. he does blackface because he's in a band that's like all black guys and he's like only white guys. He's telling me it's a comedy. I have to it check not, that out. But it is the cringiest so, movie. The entire I, movie, it just. I thought that that was just a video because they don't show any of that in the video. And uh, it was just, and so I, I brought it. I brought it up. I was, I was explaining to my wife. I said this, this uh, Neil Diamond song popped up, and I used to, I, I go through these Neil Diamond phases. I think like everybody does, because a lot of his, his songs are so good. Mm-hmm. But then you forget about them because they're 70s, and, you know. But um, uh, I, I, I said I was watching this video, and the woman in the video. Reminded me so much of Courtney Cox from Friends. Ah, that was and, that really? So I, I was like, I got, I, I told, I was telling my wife, I gotta look her up because, you know, it'd be interesting if she really was related to uh, Courtney Cox. Courtney Cox got her start in the Bruce Springsteen um, video, Dancing in the Dark, and and so I was like, it would be interesting if one of her relatives got her start and. It's, it, it reminded me of the difference between men and women because I was thinking of this because of that, what I just said, right? The historical aspect. Right. The irony. And how I like Neil Diamond and stuff, and I hadn't seen it in a long but time. My wife said, My wife said, Why are you listening to a song called Love on the Rocks? 
Yeah, was it was it like the video? Was it like him like you know walking on the beach and like this? Oh no, it it must have been scenes from the movie, because there was there was uh, uh, like there's a scene where he's in a restaurant and there's a scene where he wakes up uh, and and he's he's writing this song and stuff like that. um, It was. uh, it, it it looked to me like they were trying to tell a story. I really didn't connect it with the movie. It is the cringiest thing, and it, and, and it, 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 there's so many. It's such a fiasco because a Neil Diamond is a terrible, like just you know stick stick to music. Yeah. Um, the writing is awful. Lawrence Olivier plays his, his get the fuck. Get, I, get the fuck. Plays what his father. His father. He's a cantor, right? He's a cantor. And he's got this like he's got this like super thick British accent, like my song, my song. You know, like it's just like oh man. What you know, you know what's funny is uh, I I watched uh, Babylon. Have you watched Babylon? The TV show. The movie. Oh no. Oh, With wait, Margot Robbie. Yes, I have. All right, great movie. Uh, and uh, the first twenty minutes are insane, but it's, it's a great. So movie. insane. It's a great movie, and uh, they they have a big scene about the jazz singer in there. And how to switch over from sound, uh, silent films to sound, and it made me think. You can watch it on YouTube now, which I could not get through the movie because it's such a, it's such a weird, uh, it's such a weird thing. And, and Al Josen, he doesn't. The, the, half, most of the movie is silent. Yeah. It's only at the end that he's that there's sound. That big, that big yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, they did. Yeah. The, well, that, that's depicted in the movie where they all start cheering and he runs out and he goes, you know, the the Spanish guy, Manny, runs out and calls uh, people back in Hollywood and goes, well, yeah, we got to get in on this. <laughs> it's big. All right, so. The man kills himself. Spoiler alert. Yeah. After the fact. Uh, I get Neil Diamond and Henry Young confused. So the whole time you guys are talking about that. I'm trying to think of a song called Love on the Rocks. It's got like Crosby, Stills, and Nash Love back in Neil Young. And I'm like, oh, I'm All right, it just is going off on a tangent now. So I'm going off on a tangent. Wait, wait, no, no, hold on. You just brought up Neil Young, and right away my image. Have you ever seen Jimmy Fallon uh, imitating yeah. Neil Young? Yeah. Hilarious. Surprising. Also on YouTube, by the way, you can find that. So, well, why don't you explain why we have a guest? Um. Well, uh, Eric helped me out recently at my book signing, uh, my reverse book tour. The one that you canceled the minute I was going? Yeah, as soon as, as, soon as I heard that you wanted that you, when I saw you bought a ticket, I'm like, oh, the weather's terrible. <laughs> I can't do it. And uh, uh, he videotaped it, so um, we thought this would be a great opportunity for him to throw it on my uh, laptop. And I was like, hey, he's going to be on the podcast. And then also, Eric uh, started a podcast, what, in 2008? Yeah. Jesus what what's your podcast? Was even my, mine was the mine was the first uh, Oh, that's oh. another weird. Oh, all my other friends are in the podcast. We talk about history, fraternity, everybody talks about philosophy, the ideas. We've been on hiatus since since COVID, but we're yeah we did uh we we were doing we we did okay so we we were explaining and it's kind of good to go over this because we should start adding some of these old sound things to our podcast stuff like quote ourselves yeah we've been but i mean i still have like even the sub we've been doing either a radio show or podcast since 2008 we're up Uh, to like 11 listeners 
Yeah. <laughs> well, we were at one time. I have to say, at one time we did we did have a lot. We used to do. Uh, uh, well, we started off on WCKG, which we can do talk about in a minute. And then we, uh, when that ended, because we weren't making any money, uh, we started doing a podcast on Blog Talk Radio, which we did actually get a lot of listeners, and we got phone calls, and we we were doing pretty good. And I can't remember why we stopped. Uh, you um, decided that you hated your motorcycle. What? Oh, that's right. I had the motorcycle accident. You had a terrific, terrible accident. Yeah, so we were basically down for six of, months. and then You had one of the worst moments in your life, and I had subsequently one of the worst moments in my life when I walked through the hospital and saw you laying there with a priest band. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> We have a show next week, Dave. That was the police. The only thing that would make that better is if Yeah, <laughs> that was the police department chaplain who came, and and uh, I remember after I had gotten promoted and I was working midnights and stuff, and people, uh, he would stop in every occasionally and, and see me, and people were like, "Why does the chaplain stop? <laughs> Why does he come and say hello? Are you friends with the chaplain?" And I go, "Wow, you know, it's it's not that often that he gets to talk to people after he gives them last rites, so he likes to check in with me once in a while." <laughs> Did he actually give you last Jesus Christ, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was why. Yeah. And uh, And uh, And so then once we restarted, we just, at that time, YouTube was really taking off. And so we started doing YouTube and uh, we had our own website. And so we have not built up any listeners. We have like We changed our identity like 11 times. Yeah. For for a while there, our website was... uh, um, perfectlyharmlessradio.com yeah. like that. and uh, which, why did we do that? that it was, it was every, because against everything about marketing. Well, I, the the reason was because when we had Blog Talk Radio, when we were doing Blog Talk Radio, we had a channel. So the idea at the time was we were going to expand that. We had Perfectly Harmless Radio was sort of an umbrella. We were going to have the B Cops Guide as our show. And then we were going to get other people to do shows on our channel, and and you know we never we never did that. Yeah, so we have to. I don't know. I, I we have to figure out how to market on YouTube and. Uh, I wish I'd use somebody that had a career in marketing or advertising or something like that. Yeah, that would be really cool if that person's like sitting right next <laughs> and had worked for the biggest advertising firm on earth. That inspired Mad Men, right? That's the one, right? Wasn't Leo Burnett the, the Actually the truth is there there was a company called Unimark that existed in the sixties. And it was the first corporate design firm, so they did like you know, a fucking terrible a good terrible name. It yeah, terrible, it, but it's it, good. It was totally like nineteen sixties, you know, at, at it was called Unimark and very fa- very famous designers um, came out of it. They opened up a New York office and stuff. They were brilliant designers, but they were terrible businessmen. And they, they basically ran the business in the design. But there was like all these stories. Of, there's, a, there's a book that talks about the history of it. And there are all of these stories about like, you know, you know sexual harassment, like all the stuff that they do in Mad Men. So my understanding is, is that the, the guys who wrote Mad Men took inspiration from some of those stories. Oh, that's and, interesting. Uh, yeah, they, they're very. Um, I actually worked for, for one of the partners uh, toward the end of Newmark. Newmark went under like the mid 70s or something like that. Uh, Bob Vogel was one of the partners, and he went on to uh, 
start smaller programs and we might develop called global storage systems. And I work for them and then after the same partners and they want to work, you know, major corporate design firms. No more, you're not allowed to sexually harass people anymore, no. No. No drinking in the office. No drinking. Well, no, they're you still know, drinking in the office. They're working advertising. This is not NASA or anything. I had this. I had this job um, several years ago for this trucking company, and they were, they were like, "We want you to work in the office." And I'm like, "Well, no, we're gonna work from home." They're like, "Don't work in the office." I'm like, "I got other clients." You're like, "We don't care." So I was there for two weeks, and the money was really good. So I'm like, "Hell yeah, I'll do it." And they were very modern. You had like you got in with your fingerprint, you know. They had the standing desks that went up and down, and everything. They had the best coffee service ever. Um, but when I went in to meet the boss, which was a big deal, like it was like you know, come come meet Jesus. And I went in. That dude had at least eleven thousand dollars worth of stuff. Wow. And rum. He was drinking rum at the time. And I had to sign. I had to sign a drinking clause in the contract that they gave. Which said that if you drink at the office, we're not responsible for when you blow your brains out of the way home. And I was like, oh, I don't need this. Yeah, I remember uh, watching Mad Men and thinking it, it was so weird. It's almost like, especially the sexual harassment stuff, you think it can't be true. I've spent my entire career being lectured about making sure you're sexual harassment stuff. Although now I, I, I realize my wife complains a lot about uh, being sexual sexually harassment at, at work. Yeah, and really? I told her, yeah, I said, if you if you don't like it, then stop working from home. That, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that, oh, man, that's a terrible joke. <laughs> that's a terrible joke. I, I remember working, uh, you know, I started out in the newspaper, and I remember smoking at my dad's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember smoking cigars at a bar, and now it's, like, weird. Well, I've done it recently. Yeah, the Umber Nat was one of the last places to ban smoking inside, um, and I think they only did it because City type words, but, but uh, and that's because uh, Philip Morris was yeah. I always thought a really fun way if uh, Philip Morris wanted to change the laws about smoking, wanted to get smoking back, was they should decide to. Um, they're just not going to sell cigarettes in, in, in the United States until the laws are changed. They'll just do it outside the United States. That's pretty much what they're doing. Uh, but it seems like that the, if they if they just made that announcement said starting March first we are no longer selling cigarettes in the United States unless they change these laws, then all the smokers would rise up and I don't know if it would work anymore. Actually, but, no, they, they've actually, I, I believe they made a public statement. You know, by this date, it's going to be out of effect. And and for a while they were um, being applauded. Like they were a major investor, I think, in Jewel. Oh, yeah? Albertson? No, the J-U-U-L, the electronic cigarette. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the electronic cigarette. And they, they divested because of the, all the problems that, you know, like kids were getting addicted to it and stuff. And oh, my son's all out. My son's addicted to it. So they, they, uh, they divested. And, and I think they um, they, uh, uh, they have they have a product. I actually used it. It's a really good, a really good product called Icos. Which, which called ICOS, what? IQOS, which is for I Quit Ordinary Smoking. And it's this device that has these like paper, like these like little, they look like little stubby cigarettes, but they're, uh, they, they heat the tobacco, they don't burn the tobacco. Because you're not burning the tobacco, there's like a little bit of glycerol that's added to the to the mix, and that kind of creates a little vapor. And so it's, so it's like vaping, but it's. It is tastes, that like the cigarettes in the, the fifth element? 
Some of those were so like the filter was this long and the cigarette was that long. Kind of, but but so and what you do is there's like a little battery device and you stick it in there. There's like a little blade that goes up into the up into the, the, the stick and the blade heats up and creates that, that vapor and you get about two minutes of just, it actually tasted like cigarette. I really liked it. The problem was you couldn't get it in this country. And so when I was traveling overseas, I was you know stopping duty free and stock up on it bring home. Um, and then uh, they opened a store, I think you can get them in, in yeah, I want to say like Atlanta. They have a store in Atlanta where you can get them in Richmond, not Richmond, uh, somewhere in Kentucky. That's it. And, and I think they're going to get out of that. I don't know. I don't work on I never work on travel, like I'm amazed at how many people, how people smoke elsewhere. Everywhere else, like Madrid and France, everywhere else, people ever like nine year olds are smoking. Everybody's smoking. Yeah. Everywhere. And in, in Spain, there were cigarette kiosks on the sidewalks, and like little little stands where you bought cigarettes. Like everybody smoked all over. All over my life, he didn't like smoking. It was a problem. Bro. Yeah, I, I thought the most civilized place was France, Paris. They have these big tobaccos. And it's like a, like a porch that's enclosed in plastic. And they have a beard going on and stuff there. And they're sitting there and answering for a couple of seconds and smoking. Um, the worst place in the world that I've ever smoked is Singapore. Really? In Singapore, they give you a space that's literally like if I slice the table like between me and Cole, that's the space that you're allowed to smoke. Like, like it's enclosed? No, no, no. It's, it's a, just a box. They feed a, a, a line. And if you go oh, over man. that line, you've got something lit. That's a step series. Singapore. Wow. Haiti. Danny, there's something. Yeah, we should, we should get back in Haiti. We should be glad like Haiti. <laughs> sure, man. You know, we, the reason we started, we used to be the deep depth guy. And uh, that's the book we wrote. You know, that's where we started. But then uh, we just realized that what we're really talking about now is that Dave was tired and I just like I'm retired. We really realized that we're really talking to people our age. They yeah. are now in a part of their life where they get to do all the weird shit they didn't have time to do when they were working. And, uh, and so that's kind of like the direction of our show, if we ever actually follow the direction of our show. But I did realize that Jeremiah Creek, which I made up a million years ago, didn't make it. I just I remember that recently. It actually there was a shirt brand that Nordstrom's carried for a while called Jeremiah Creek, and I think that I saw the name in the collar of the shirt. I don't think so. You don't think so? I, I've looked it up before we started using it, and I didn't find any. Uh, I didn't find any. I don't even find people named that. That doesn't matter because we're a radio show, and they're sure. Wouldn't matter. Well, what if they had? Copyright or something, but no. Oh. We can. It's just like with books. You can have eight books with the exact same title. No one can do shit because they got a lot of money. It's a we're a completely different product in a different market. So we could have a There might have been something else with the name Creek, but I don't think Jeremiah Creek was. Because uh, I mean, I, I I looked it up before we started doing it, and I couldn't find. I thought it was really cool. One of the things I thought was really cool about it is that there was literally nothing else named Jeremiah. 
There's a lot of stuff with Creek, like Boulder Creek. Or, yeah. you know. And then, so the idea is that, uh, I mean, the actual truth is that uh, Jeremiah Creek is our boundary. He's our boss. He's our main taxes. He pays for it. And we he's off the new Yeah, He's never home. He's, he can't yeah. reach him. He's exploring. He's like Charlie. He just, wand- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanders around the world doing fun things that everybody else wishes they could do. Like Robin Master. Remember that from uh, Robin Master. Robin Master is more like it. Which brings up another tangent that I'll let us let us take a tangent. Well, I'm not uh, a big Barack Obama fan, but one of the things that I have mad respect for him for is he bought Robin Master's estate in Hawaii. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Robin Master's was a real person. No, but the, where they filmed that, where they filmed the the Magnum PI show. Please edit the part out where I was stupid for half a second, Dave. <laughs> anyway, so what else is going on? Um, my wife's been out of town for almost two weeks. Oh, how did the trip push? Did you make it? They made it. They, they made it to California. Or? Um, my daughter now lives in Los Angeles in Studio City, um, in a great neighborhood, and. Uh, Hire a clean one. I'm broke. That's my. <laughs> you know, I I don't need a clean. I I my habits change over the last couple of years, and like yeah, I let it get a little messy, but like I can clean up this. Yeah, it's not like you're leaving food laying around. I mean, I did. Oh. But when we had kids, man, you know, when our kids were still living at home and kind of young and dumb and everything, our house was a shit show all the time. I think most people. Seems perfectly normal to me. Yeah, right. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what fine. I do. That's fine. Although that would probably drive my wife nuts. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's been days when I found three knives, like just laying around places. It is crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. Right. Sure, I'm not crazy. My wife. The only thing that I cannot understand is my wife has this. Uh, uh, does not want. Glasses or cups in the bathroom, which drives me nuts because you know I take tile floor. Uh, probably that would be glass. I don't understand why that paper cups would have that problem. Yeah, uh, but it's just uh, because we don't have a lot. I mean, I think drinking in the bathroom. 
well, me, I take all my vitamins. That's the other thing. She has all, like vitamins and medicines and stuff in the kitchen. So when she takes her morning vitamins or whatever, she goes to the kitchen and does it. I can't. I have to have the habit. So it's it's there next in the bathroom. And when I take a shower, I take my medicine. I take my medicine. Really? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah, but it's essentially the same thing. And, and, uh, and I just load everything up and, and put it, you can wipe it off and that's like, you know, all like in the shoebox and put it away. Uh, well, we have the big shoebox type plastic thing, but it's in the kitchen. Uh, no, I don't know, a long time ago. I have found a, I have found something that, that, that doesn't bother, for some reason, water bottles don't bother as much unless there's more than one okay, wait so let's say that you take a, a solo cup in the bathroom red solo cup yeah. in the bathroom and, and like does she see you take it in and like she yells or no. like you leave it there if i leave it there so is it the cup that she's mad about or is it your slobbing habits well i mean years ago it was it, i mean i i don't know i don't know um, I do know that that when when we leave cups, me or my daughter leaves cups or something in the bathroom, she doesn't remove them or yell about it. She leaves them in the sink so that they're in your way when you go in there the next time. That's that's the yeah. And if there's more than one water bottle, then all the water bottles will be in the sink. Wow. There's a way around this. Leave it there and just no no. So <laughs> there's, a, water there's a there's a toothbrush. Yeah, we just bought one for my daughter. And it uses. It uses, uh, I think it's like Sonicare. Mm -hmm. It uses a glass on top of a like a magnetic resonator. Charges through the glass, so that glass can charge it. Oh. And then you can take you can take the glass and use the glass and put it on. Boy, it'd be interesting to try that and see if. No, no. We you have, have to wash the glass every now. Every time. You oh, said. I think what you need to do is have a sharpie, and when you go in after you're done with your red solo cup, you write your daughter's name on it and then leave it. So why why go through all the effort of passing? You know another thing. I, I'll tell you another thing about my daughter because recently I've been driving her to the, either the train or the school because uh, because of the cold, the ice. I was afraid to let her drive, and then the car, her car, wasn't working very well, so it was in a repair shop, and I realized this. When I started giving her rides, and then when I took her car to the shop, we have about ten of those coffee cups with the insulated coffee cups. But and I and so I I'll give this to her because it's true. For some reason, we lose the tops of those coffee cups all the time. Um, I blame my wife. They're all in the back of the cabinet somewhere. Probably, but um. Uh, so what she's gotten in the habit of doing is taking coffee mugs with her in the car, which of course drives me nuts with my new truck. That you know. Yeah, that's a. I would put a sign. And she comes walking out with this big coffee cup, but then she leaves them in there. So when I took her car to the repair shop, I found five or six of these big coffee cups. And so I'm the one that drinks big. Cups. My my wife has small, dainty, female coffee cups. I have big, heavy, overly large because I walk around more. There, well, yeah. The, she, you guys know about the Stanley Cup thing? What's that? The Stanley Cup thing. Uh, I, you know what? I've heard of it, but I haven't, I haven't looked at it. Really. It's just dumb. 
It's nuts. Yeah. Well, I what I what I what I keep forgetting when I go to the store is to buy these. Uh, the you can buy now these the coffee cups like they have here. You have the tops yeah. and everything. And I should I keep telling them I should get that for my daughter so she'll use those because they're actually better and then you can throw them away. Because I pulled out like six or seven coffee cups out of the car. So, and they're all my coffee cups. Yeah, they'll move away eventually. And take all your coffee cups. Well, that's the other thing we're now we're starting to figure out: should we sell our house or just keep it? You know, I mean, on tangent. I, I'm always looking for. Our well, show never goes in a straight line. It just follows the tangent. I think that's a, I think that's what we should do. Just follow the tangent. And uh, and what we should be talking about right now is Harvey Snub at the Oscars. <laughs> it was unforgivable. No, I didn't see Barbie, but I heard she that Margot Robbie was great in Barbie. Uh, yeah, it was a pretty fantastic movie for two reasons. One, absolutely ludicrous weirdo movie, all right? Um, and two, uh, Margot Robbie's in it a lot. So that's a plus. Well, I know. like I said, I didn't see it, but I, when I heard people talking about the snub, it was that her acting... She sort of acted like, a, moved like a doll, less human-like, and it was, people were talking about it like, it was actually, it, the movie, people hated it or loved it, whatever. But her acting was apparently good to everybody who saw it. It was, she was a real bright spot, even if you didn't like the movie. Her acting was very good. I think the writing if I were going to give an Academy Award to Well, I think she, she got nominated as a producer. Does that mean that she got nominated for Best Picture? She produced every movie she's ever been in. Really? Uh, almost all of them. Yeah. She owns a, her and her husband own a huge production company. Mm. And they produced, like, most of the movies starring Margot Robbie are produced by her and her husband. Yeah. Oh. She's fucking loaded, man. She's married. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you had a chance. You had a chance. You had a chance. She's, she's, uh, she's Australian too, which I didn't know. Yeah, it's almost as bad as being Canadian. I, I wonder. I, I haven't heard. I haven't heard her do like an interview. Does she have an Australian accent normally? Yeah. Well, and I I have much more respect for her because I did not know that based yeah. on her yeah, acting. It's, it's astounding how many British actors and Australian actors do American roles and American roles because yeah. they the thing is it's like the regional dialects like in England. You go to like another neighborhood. And and they talk about it all the time like it's a science and and i mean you hear them talk about why well, do a west exit and then they do it and you're like that's just english but uh, i don't know for me it was he Laurie because i had never seen him do his his british comedy yeah um, i wasn't aware of that and so i didn't know he was british and i watched house i'm like he's so cool and one day I see him in an interview and he's like, hot, 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 hot. And then the other one was uh, the guy from Billions, what's his name? Dominic. Whatever, the guy from Billions. I haven't seen Billions. Yeah. Hugh Laurie, though, what, what always impressed me about him is what a great singer he is. Yeah, and a piano player. Yeah. yeah the other I like him in Jeeves and Music. In what? Jeeves and Music. He's one of the. One of his early and then they did another one called A Little Bit of, of Lorian Fry because they're such a good comedy team. Oh. But it's British comedy, right? So you need to you know, have read a couple of books. 
They're really, really good. And I was I was who are the other actors? Uh, Russell Crowe. He's Australian. You know, it was funny. They were talking about. He's also Yeah. But is he? Jackman. Great singer. And an Australian. Oh, you did a commercial. I think you produced it. So there's this brand of music that I really like from Australia. It's like the Australian. It's like the Australian equivalent of Tony Robbins. Everybody in Australia has, you know, your your male, you have to go to the British, the Australian Prime Minister wears them all. And uh, it's called, they're called RM Williams. And he did a commercial spot for RM Williams. And in the spot, he is, he is, uh, you know, starts out with this guy with like, you thanks to you for coming and talking to us. And we're really grateful. You've done amazing things for the brand, and we're really, really pleased. Um, and then the camera cuts over to, to uh, Jackman, and he's completely naked, except he's wearing his boots, and his and his his feet are up on the desk of the of the, of the boss. And he's like, "Well, you know, you told me to never take these off, so I, you know, I, I, I wear them all the time. I never take them off." And, and it just it just goes from there. It's just it's so fun. It's so funny. Well, you know, if you want to see uh, another funny commercial or video that he did with uh, Ryan Reynolds, I think it's Ryan. They, they, they're, you know, Deadpool. They're supposed yeah. to have this big fight. The much yeah. They're fake feud. They're fake feud. Yeah. So they, they decided to end the feud, and they, they did a video. I saw it on YouTube. They did a video where they each made a commercial for the others. Um, I guess uh, Ryan Reynolds has a coffee brand. And he has a gym called Aviation. No, Hugh Jackman has a gym. No, no, no. You got it backwards. Aviation gym is company. Oh, okay. And he also owns Minnow. All right, so, but they were going to make commercials for each other. And so they had Hugh Jackman. So he does this commercial. It's this beautiful commercial. And about him talking about how great Ryan Reynolds is and whatever. And... And they end up, and so they come back to them, the two of them, and, and he's like, yeah, he goes, wow, that was really beautiful. And, and Hugh Jenkins, yeah, I'm really proud of it. It cost a million dollars. And then they go to the other commercial, and it's like this, fuck you. I, but I thought it was the other way around. I thought Ryan Reynolds had the coffee, and Hugh Jackman had the gin. Yeah. Hmm. What's wrong? Mm. I'll have to watch it again. Don't you study before you start our show? I'm pretty know. sure I'm right, actually. But, uh, you know. Why? I was uh, to go on a completely different tangent. Nope, actually, I'm not going to go on that tangent. Well, what I'm gonna do, do you want to go to politics? Because we were talking about politics we're before. No, can ask him oh, if he he's listening. So if he wants to jump in, I don't think he's listening. Can't, nobody can hear us. Yeah. <laughs> but he, uh, uh, I was. Uh, it was interesting because I, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not all that interested in the election, but I, I do like looking at election results after the fact to see how they match up with what they say right at the, at the because yeah we're but, not a political show. but i was watching and you know they call the, the news people call these races five minutes after the polls close and i was like how does that match up a week later a few days later when they count the votes so i was looking at the uh results from new hampshire and i i didn't realize that there was on the republican ballot about 20 25 people and 
So I started looking at all these people. There's there's 10 people that got less than 50 votes. And it got me thinking. I was like, what the hell are these people? And, and I just thought, you know, it actually, it's kind of cool to be able to say, I ran for president and I got some votes. One guy got six votes. It must have been the only one. But it's not, it's not, um, you have to do a lot of work to get on the ballot, right? Well, in Illinois, you don't. No, in most places. You have, you have, to have a certain number of signatures. You got to go door to door. Right. And Even in New Hampshire, because I, I can't figure out how all these people did that. I thought maybe they were some sort of state that just says, well, if you want to be on the ballot, you do. Well, unless they were right it's a small. Well, it's a small state, right? And so you don't need a huge number of people, like the actual number of people. You don't, you know, in California, because it's a huge population, you need many more signatures mm -hmm. to get on the ballot. Okay. All right, so it's, it was. I was surprised to see so many people on the ballot. And of course, obviously, you never hear of any of them, and <clears throat> they only got a few votes. But we should, <clears throat> we should do it. We should, yeah. We should do and it. We were saying we, at the beginning, before we started the show, we should just do it, and then like just do ridiculous shit, like pick your vice presidential candidate, even though you got ten votes in the election. <laughs> okay, here's what we should do. We, we should do this, all right, Lubin. You can come over anytime you want. We should do this. We should, and you should announce your candidacy for president, right? I don't want to run for president. So, I, I want to be vice president. Yeah, grab a seat, man. Uh, Dave and I are going to run for office. So you, no, you should run for president, all right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, but then when you choose your vice president, you choose me, and I'll refuse the whole time. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be his vice president. Are you insane? And like every time they, and you do press conferences and you'll be in a suit and you'll be, in, and every time they do me, I'll be like in a, in a whitehead, trying like buying chocolate or something like that. Some stupid. I'm like, why are you guys here? If nominated, I will not run. If elected, I will not serve. I, that, I, that I love the idea of yeah. like, like seeing you hold a press conference, you know, with a, with a fake sort of presidential seal yeah. on, the, on the podium, right? <laughs> it's and a then, donut. It's a the, giant donut. And we have the, that seal already. Man. And then the camera cuts to the to the press corps. And it, it's all like paper cutouts. Yeah. <laughs> just one guy sitting there and he's like this. He's like this. No, no, he's wrapped. He's wrapped. He's like, like ready suit. to ask the question. Any other questions? Any other questions? Okay, Bob again. He's got his hand up all the time. We're like, no, not you. Okay, so we were talking about running and then Lubin, you jumped in and you said there has been a Democratic Republican split ticket before. So tell us all about that. No, it wasn't that. Well, first of all, um, Apparently, the scuttlebutt was John McCain wanted to have Joe Lieberman as his veep, and he was told, no way, no how, which is not happening. So that, that was a story. Um, of course, what's the difference between John McCain and Joe Lieberman other than, you know, whether they pretend to be pro-life or pro-choice? Apparently, one's a rhino. Well, there has been. Exactly. <laughs> right. There, a, has, there has been a unity ticket in the past. A what? A unity ticket. Was there? I mean, the, the joke I was making was that the Nikki Haley vote yesterday, 70% of the Nikki Haley vote yesterday was from people that weren't registered Republicans. Now, I don't know exactly how it works in these open primaries, even though Illinois has one. Um, I think I think according to Illinois, I'm a registered Democrat, and I think my, my wife is a registered Republican. I think that's what it looks like, because I, well, 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 I always vote in the Democrat primary, and she always votes in the Republican primaries. Well, in, in Illinois, okay, wait, I, I do know how this works. In Illinois, you have to... In the primary, you have to take either a Republican ballot or a Democratic ballot. Right, and then the party gets your info. And then the party right. knows, like, you're, oh, you're one of us, I see. Right, but you don't have to register like you do you in other states. You don't register, right. So, but in New Hampshire, you have to register either as a Democrat or Republican or independent, and independents can vote for either. Exactly. So 70% of the vote wasn't Republican. It was, yeah, they were independent. Right. Now, now, there's a strong independent streak in New Hampshire. 
Um, but of course, everyone knew who was going to win the Democrat primary, even though Biden wasn't technically on the ballot. Um, but he was. Why was Biden on the ballot? I didn't because know the, the Democratic Party decided that New Hampshire was not going to be the first primary in the country, and New Hampshire said, fuck you, yes, we are. So the DNC said that we're not going to be involved. So actually, even though but wait, he wins, they, I he thought there was that other one, that, that Dean little Phillips. small town. Yeah, what, oh. what's it called? No, Dean Phillips was the, the guy who was on the Democratic ballot. That's he, right. Yeah. yeah. And now, it doesn't matter who won, because nobody gets delegates, because the DNC basically pulled out of the New Hampshire primary. Weird. So their delegates don't count. Great start. Yeah, that was stupid. I don't understand the reason behind that. But what would happen if we actually if we actually did it? What would happen? I mean, you would have to get what ten thousand signatures in Illinois to get on the presidential ballot. Something like that. Oh, and you would only be on the Illinois ballot. That's your thing. You'd, you'd be running for president of the United States of Illinois. Well, I assume wrong every time. I assume that these people are not on any other ballot. The people that got less than fifty votes. Yeah, I assume that they only did it in New Hampshire. Just and my 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 in my head, I'm looking at this going. These people only did this so that they could say I ran for president and I actually got a few votes. No man, and they could put on their resume former presidential candidate. How does that help you? I had no idea. I mean, who, who in the world looks at that and says, "Yeah, that's the guy we want." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me about that. Must have been an amazing experience. How did you do against Nikki Haley in New Hampshire? <laughs> I mean, if I saw that, then I would schedule that interview for like that was a that's a long interview where we have coffee and because I'm well, just going to kick back for a story on that one. And, and here's because I have I have run for office in Illinois before, and so I do know a little bit about the process. Right? <laughs> Committee What the hell is but, wrong with you? <laughs> but the uh, uh, so I do know a little bit about getting on the ballot. Now there is one interesting thing. First, I don't know if this is just Illinois or if it's other places too. I assume it's other places too. There's a lot of forms that you have to fill out, and you have to fill them out properly. And then you have your opponent who they they look at everything, and if, if a comma's in the wrong place, they try to yeah, throw you off try the to, ballot. Try to throw you off the that's, ballot. That's a cottage industry in Illinois is to throw people off the ballot. But here's an interesting thing. Joe Biden is actually not qualified to be on the Illinois ballot. Because his paperwork was screwed up. And oh there, was a, there was a brief story about the fact that, that okay, in, in Illinois, one of the requirements is all your signature sheets have to be notarized, oh, and that, that that notary has to be an Illinois licensed notary. And uh, his was not; it was Delaware. It was where his campaign headquarters are. That is not the kind of thing you expect, right, from somebody of his caliber to make a stupid mistake like that. Right. Wait, so there's really, a, there's a very yeah. I really, I don't. No, I, he's a policy guy. Yeah, but he's a nerd. Man. Well, first of all, make those mistakes. I candidates mean, his, don't have anything. His to do with people it. shouldn't have made yeah. that mistake. But his, 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 his Illinois operation should. Because there's a huge industry. That's a real thing that actually happens. It, it, and this year, and so the, the question is going to be: at some point, somebody's going to—they probably filed already to get him off the ballot. And there's no way so, that the sitting president is not going to be on the Illinois ballot. So it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they, what they, how they do, do how they, how they figure out well, a way around this problem. Gavin Newsom will be the the candidate in Illinois. You think he's gonna drop out for them? How does that work? I'm just kidding around. Well, they could do like a proxy for I, I just, I just mean everyone keeps on. I mean, everyone keeps on wringing their hands and going, you know, really, Biden is gonna run again? I mean, you know, look at the guy. Is Can't that, we get someone tech, else? Aren't you technically electing delegates? Right. Well, right. in the in the in the general election, you are. But in the primary, no, no, no. In, in the primary, you're electing 
Like when you when you cast a vote for Joe Biden, isn't it really you're, you're casting on the guy who's going to go to the convention and vote for Joe Biden? I think the phrasing is really, really the candidate, but what practically happens is he gets the delegates. Yeah, I think actually that's in, that's so in the general election you're voting for. that's a I hate this election because I started off this election season saying I'm not going to vote for any of these baby boomers. And, you know, I mean, I, Nikki Haley made a comment about the fact that he's too old. And, and I guess she was at some campaign event and the woman said, you know, you're, you're sitting here and you're at some old folks home or whatever. And you have people who are 75 years old and you're sitting there saying this man who's 77 can't be president. I would have been, I would have leaned into that shit. I would have said, yeah, it's time. Step off the stage. If we don't, people of our generation, I'm a freaking retired police officer and, and nobody from my generation is qualified to be. We're going to have president elderly until they drag him off the stage in a casket and then we're going to have to go and switch right over our generation to Alex Ocasio-Cortez or whatever. You had your chance. You had Bill Clinton and that's that. No, Bill Clinton's a bloomer. He was, Bill Clinton was born the same year as George W. Bush, as uh, Donald Trump. Oh, yeah, you're right. They're all born the same summer. I just think of him as being so young. Actually, it, the closest we came was, was Barack Obama. But That's true. They, that should have that should have been it. He's just no. He's about five years older than us. I think. So we learned our lesson. He's in our generation, or he's you and I are not in the same generation. I am your elder. Well, only by five years. I am your elder, and you need to respect me. All right, you need to show some damn mow my lawn. Yeah, he's right? the same age as you. Hey, you know the the purpose of a system is what it does, yeah. and apparently the purpose of American democracy is to give us a choice between Biden and Trump. Yeah, apparently. Until the end of days. 70% of the people do not want either one of these people around. How do we end up in this situation? I don't know what's going to happen, because I think that the the Gen Z people that are coming in and are old enough to vote, I I think there's a huge wave of them. And first of all, a lot of people are like, oh, they're all going to be Democrats. I'm like, I don't think so, man. I think the Gen Z people are insane, and they might all go a completely different route. They might... Well, you would think that they would, they would rebel against our generation. So whatever, but our generation is so divided that there's nobody to rebel against. I mean, you know, you're rebelling against your parents. Well, your parents are going to be, you're going to be offset by the people down the street rebelling against their parents. So it'll it'll just be switched. I don't know. I've seen some, some uh, statistics about beliefs under um, general Gen Z and I was they don't a little bit shocked at the things that they believe. What do they believe? Now I'm curious. The, the one that I saw today was that um, out of the people in this poll that they took, 65% of them believe that the Holocaust wasn't real. Oh, that's true. Gen Z. Oh, no, they're right it. about that. That's because they don't teach it in school. Gen Z believes that shit. Fucking Gen Z believes it. And I'm like, what the oh, the, fuck? The, the listeners don't see me. I'm very Jewish. I'm uh, not kidding around. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, but my beard's almost joking. as long as yours. Yeah, That's true. I, did, I don't, hey, I don't see beards. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, I, I Wait, how many? How many percent don't don't believe the Holocaust? I, I should have I should have had that ready. I don't know how I don't know how big their. It was like more than more than one was. out of ten. Yeah, and sixty five percent of them believe that. Um, how do they phrase it? That yeah, but what does that mean? Hold on a second. That, I don't know it, if it's it means that, that, that it's a generation, and, and I'm, I'm, 
I'm channeling my cranky old man now. But... Well, that's what our show is. Okay, thank you. <laughs> you look like your mate. Look at Dave. Uh, how old are you? I'm 41. Oh, you're so Jesus sweet. fucking Christ, really? Get out of here. I'm 58. Oh, you look so, No, sorry, 59. You're right. a kid. Who invited a kid? All right, cranky old man. I'm milk. sorry, I, I cut you off. Milk for but anyway, what were you about to say? Uh, I was about to say that... Uh, <laughs> milk and cookies. Uh, they grew up in an environment where reality, perception is reality, right? And if you believe something or, you, or, or triggered by something or whatever, you know, there's a, there's a whole, you know. You're living your truth. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that's the natural progression so, from the so way I grew up. Is, is people make, and this is a human trait, not just, it's not just limited to Gen Z. Um, we, we study Gen Z a lot in advertising because it's, it's a very important market. Um, and and what happens is they, you know, humans, we, we take in what we what we feel is right, right? And they used to think, that there's a guy who wrote a book called, um, shoot, I forgot the name of the book. But it, it, the point was is that they used to believe that the emotions were like an elephant, or that the emotions were... were um, an elephant, and the intellect was the rider of the elephant, and that the intellect steered the emotions. Oh yeah, that is the opposite, right? <laughs> what, what yeah. is true is that the the intellect just is there to justify and rationalize, uh, you know, whatever the emotions say. All, all so, politics and beliefs are emotional, so especially in America. So you know, to get on my high horse for a second, recently there was a protest. Uh, where a bunch of uh, you know young people had the sign that said you know queers for Palestine. <laughs> I, know. I saw that right, <laughs> and like it didn't occur to anybody that like like the first thing that Hamas did when they when they won their election was they gathered all the gay people, they took them up to the top of a building, and they threw them off the building. Yeah. I mean, oh my god! It, it, uh. It's like it, it would be like you know. It would be like a local synagogue having a, a fundraiser for the local Nazi candidate. You right. know what I mean? Like it's like crazy. I I, I actually I remember I, I was telling this to my kids. I was like, I, one thing I don't understand is when the Hamas war started, like the first day or two, when the when they started bombing Gaza, there was a news article about how that the Jews had destroyed the Planned Parenthood offices in Gaza. And I'm sitting there going, Wait, the Jews? The Jews. The Jews. The Jews. The the Jews. Jews. It was a story. They're Druidic. They had bombed. The Jews. The they Jews. had dropped a the bomb. They're a religion in Israel. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very, very small. Druze. Druze. They, oh, and, you're not uh, fucking with No, no, no. No, no, no. It's a, that's a real thing, yeah. Real and, and Lebanon. So it's not Druidic Jews. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Although that's a really cool idea. That would be. It, it is now. now. I would be one. Yeah. But the there was a story, and I, I was reading the story going, wait a minute. Why would there be a Planned Parenthood office in Gaza? They don't believe in abortion. <laughs> it's like, what are they doing there? <laughs> I don't know. I think the worst thing we could do is go on a tangent off about the Palestinians. I agree. What um, were you going to yeah, say about being a cranky old man? Let's let's get back to well, that for heaven's but, sake. But, 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 <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like I think I think what's what's happened is that is that in so there's a, a trend that I, I I didn't invent this term, but called identitarianism, which says that your identity is everything. And that so, is absolutely fucking true. And and I, I just I reject that because I we all know. have we all have like 
a gazillion identities, right? I have an identity as a Freemason. I have an identity as a man. I have an identity as a, as a you know, as a, a left center. I have an identity. You know, like I have all these multiple yeah, identities. There's a monkey on the elephant that's your steering identity. Well, so you know? there was a there was a recent uh, uh, controversy. Um, uh, I think she was the uh, she was sort of the DEI chief for John Hopkins Medicine, and she wrote this newsletter uh, article about you know uh, uh, about DEI, and she she's you know she she had this list of like what qualifies. We don't know what DEI is either, so. Diversity, equity, inclusion. It's diversity, equity, and inclusion. <laughs> and so she listed all, all these groups, and it's like, it's like, well, if you're, if you have an alternative sexual orientation, if you are black, if you are Hispanic, if you are, you have to pick Jewish, one, or you can pick a few. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's like when you look at the entire list that she published, very few people have like, just one of those. It will don't fall on that list. Okay. So if everybody's a protected class, then nobody's a protected class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the that, that's sort of the problem with this is that everybody is like waving their their banner about like you know liberate this and liberate that, and it's like we've we've forgotten how to be Americans again, right? Like we're all Americans. We're all you know. It's like it's like that that, that it's speech. the myth that we're on different sides. That's the great myth that is that is right yeah. now the biggest problem is, is that first of all. People only see that they only see two sides. There's way more than that, but most importantly, those two sides have uh, succumbed to the idea that they're um, in contest with each other. When the truth is, they're not. Right. The Democrats and, and, and the Republicans ultimately kind of want the same thing. Their strategies are similar. They want what's best for America. It's their tactics that are different, and um, they both think each other's crazy, and that uh, and they can't well, be friends. And it's because they say it's because they have they have like this black and white thinking. You're either for me or against me. Yeah. Right, and it's and, and, if, and if you're against me, and, and this has become like in the last few years, it's become really bad. If you're against me, you're evil and should be destroyed. Right, and that we don't have to listen to Dave because he's a Republican, so uh, <laughs> he's a Nazi. Right, and that's uh, you get that that opinion, you know. But I how mean, many times have you been in a conversation where it's heated? And political, and and somebody ends the whole thing by calling it a Nazi. Nobody. I've actually I've never had that. No, I've I, I have I've been tempted to see. I've been tempted to to call other people Nazis, but I have I have lately, especially, been reading more up on my uh, pre World War II history and uh, the way the Nazis came to power is. Eerily oh, familiar these days. Oh, we're circling back again. Is well, it the Cosmo and Skokie? Is that what it is? No, no and, and here's the here's the thing that I, I look at and I go, I can't tell which one of these parties is gonna end up being the new Nazi party because it's it's it seems like what happened in Germany and Austria in the twenties and the thirties is happening on both sides of the political spectrum now. Yeah. Like both sides. It could ha- it could go either way. And it's like it's scary to me. Yeah, it's purity tests. It's it's. It's a democratic socialist. No. And also the other thing is the other thing is is one of the I I listen to this podcast. It's not democrat republican. It's right left. There are extremes on either side. Our 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 tagline is nah. But the the I I listen to this podcast called The Rest Is History. These English uh, English historians, which is they're very interesting, 
and and they were talking about I'm taking this. the next tangent. All right. No wait, and they they were talking about they were talking about the rise of the Nazi Party in in Germany, and one of the things they talk about is the fact that Hitler was not very effective. He's lazy. He was lazy. Most of the things was that that he allowed it to happen. He had a good team, and he would make these comments, but then other people would take it to the extremes. And I'm like, that's Trump and Biden. You know, Biden works five hours a day. Trump was as lazy as hell. Who, who, so actually, there's a really good. I found this article. I was doing some research, and I found an article from 1922. Or 19, it was either 22 or 23. It was a New York Times, I think, article. And they sent this reporter over to Germany. Like the, the correspondent who was, in, who was in Berlin at the time went to a very early meeting of the Nazi party. And you, and you get a sense of like, like and, and, and the reporting was like, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're kooky. They're, you know, it was sort of like, remember the, the John Birch Society? Not the John Birch Society. John the, Birch Society. No, 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 the, the LaRouches. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right? It, uh, that's how they, that's how they were treating the Nazis at that at that point. And and there was like this kind of chilling kind of clothes, like like this could take off, but like the odds of it happening are like that's like nobody took tell. him seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody, not the church is sub genius and no one took us seriously either. And look at us now. <laughs> still nowhere. I, I, I still mean, have my have a book and yeah, thank you. I still have my ah, that's why I prefer fictional political parties over real political parties. Oh, uh, join the Libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm reading. Read I just started reading the book. I, so I, I hate to talk about books that I just started reading, but it caught my interest by a guy named Michael. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Chaban, C H A B O N. Oh yeah, Shaman. Shaman. All right. So it's a, uh, it's a book. Uh, Set in Alaska. Oh, the the, 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 the Yiddish Policemen's Union. Yeah, the Yiddish yeah, Policemen's yeah, yeah, Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it? All right, I just started reading it. Actually, it was those historians that, that mentioned it. It's like alternative, good alternative I, I, history. I, I love alternative history, and I was it's like, fun. You can do a lot with it. Yeah. It is a very fun book, and uh, all their books are. Um, what was the one they wrote about the the about Superman? The beginning of comics. What was that one called? Wait, am I thinking of the same guy? Yeah, yeah, it's the same guy. Well, he, he wrote all kinds of books because he he doesn't believe in locking yourself in in a genre or here, something. Here. Like that. And so he he wrote he wrote the alternate history book. He wrote you know mysteries. He wrote a lot of sort of I understand genre why busting do that, things. All right, because if you if you get a hit, all right, you as an author, it's so fucking unlikely to begin. With. Right, that you want to mind. You want to stick. Yeah, yeah, right. But I really respect people that don't. What was that show? There was a show. It was on Amazon, uh, and it was another. It was an alternative history based on a Philip K. Dick novel. Oh yeah, Man in High Castle. My wife loved that show. My wife loved that show too. I liked it. Um, I won't say I loved it, but here's the thing: it started out as an alternative history, and it became a sci-fi. But it didn't do it in like one season. It did it from season to season. And I just I liked the alternative history and then the sci-fi stuff. And I normally really like sci-fi. I, I couldn't. I was like, all right, this isn't an alternative history anymore. Now this is some yeah. sci-fi novel about multiple universes. And the best alternative history show, show on I mean. TV right now is sci-fi, and that's uh, for all mankind on Apple TV. Oh, see, I don't have Apple TV. And, and it's a it's a retelling of the. Yeah, I just I don't, I don't want another thing. 
Yeah, no, I understand that. You know, yeah, and here's our new tangent. Wait, now I have two new tangents to go on. First one is I want to talk about your your intellectual diet because it's crazy town in a good way. Mm. But more importantly, um, <clears throat> what the hell are you talking about? Oh, well, let's let's stick with that. What do you mean? Wait, hold on. Before you do that, there was a good uh, um, show that switched genres a little bit. It was The Expanse. Oh, mm. fucking! Uh, that show oh. is. Uh, Love that show. I, that show's sacred to me. It's Absolutely a it's a great show, but it started out as like, like a, a detective. yeah, like a film noir thing, you know, yeah. with all the Miller scenes. And, and I've gone through some of the books, and it's the, the tone is different. I like what they did with the show. Wait, the, the show. Yeah, such a fantastic. Yeah, the, 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 all the Miller scenes yeah, are like this film wrong. noir. I think he did start off with sci-fi. I think it was yeah. always sci-fi, it's but sci-fi. it was definitely a detective. No, look, it was set in the future, and then there was a film noir detective thing going on. He had a fedora. Mm. He had a he had a fedora. That's right. And he was a detective, and it was you know. It, I found and, and he had that he did that that muttering thing well you know it's and then uh and then the proto molecule comes and changes everything and then in the second season it's all about you know the proto molecule now what do we do in the political intrigue yeah. and then he's a ghost yeah and he's yeah then that late in the yeah, second really season he's a ghost fucking love that show, it's a phenomenal man. show it's a really good show the, the books are watched like the first two shows well two it, episodes. it it's not a, it's not a slow show it's not a slow burn but the first two episodes do a lot of establishing they spend a lot of time you know letting yeah. you know what because it's complicated right there's there's the, the the three major political factions the earth mars and the belt and they have to establish all that and you know they have to kind of establish that the belters are scrappy and then they got to do the, the whole belters, yeah they're great uh, you know and they have they have different accents based on where they're from and they did a really good job with the world building in, in that way even better than the books the books are phenomenal i don't, I don't i'm not the down science, to this, but the, the science the, like, the, like the science is like yeah right well, yeah right like how the how the the epstein drive in really explain how it works but how it 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 works through um acceleration instead of through speed and so therefore you can simulate gravity and then when the drive isn't on now there's no gravity so everyone has to have the boots and they're really consistent about that stuff it's really good i mean there's like you can't poke holes in it it's really good anyway i'm sorry let's talk about your intellectual what's my intellectual um, I have to remember that the other thing I want to talk about is I don't learn any shit anymore. So, so yeah, um, this is kind of political, all right? Because, so first of all, a lot of my friends are uh, uh, libertarians or Republicans. I don't really um, know what it is about me that attracts uh, crazy people, but, <laughs> but there you go. Um, but uh, your, your diet, your intellectual diet is different from theirs. All right, because you are a mass consumer, and a lot of the things you consume are the same thing that I consume, and it's weird because you get your people get their ideas, people get their foundational, um, sorry, beliefs and ideas from what they from what they consume, from what they read. You know. Well, well, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I I always believe you have to read several different sides of an issue, even if it's just so that you understand what you believe more so right there right there is a thing that makes you different from a lot of the conservatives I know because the conservatives I know and I'm basing this mostly on my family now um, they have there's a thing about conservatism that's kind of they they love authority they they appreciate authority and and they 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 and they like tradition duh conservative so they have a tendency to to stick to one source yeah, see, I see that from both sides. I, I see that from my most of my liberal friends will well, not but, even. Okay, but I'm going to talk about 
I'm saying that, but I'm talking about individuals. Because, you know? yeah, from the group, you can say it about both sides. But when you break it down, you start talking about people that you actually know. All right? Yeah. It doesn't work out that way. You know? Except for this. Every, everybody I know who's conservative, they tend to have just one or two news sources. But you listen to, like, I don't know where you get the time, but now you're retired. You listen to, like, 85 different podcasts. Yeah. Right? And half of them are what I would consider liberal podcasts. Yeah, it annoys me. It annoys the shit out of my wife that she she goes, "Hey, there's a story in such and such," and I go, "Yeah, I, I saw it." And, and and because I yeah I read five or six newspapers a day, I think, or at least I scan, at least scan the headlines to see if there's anything interesting. Don't you think that that conservatives in general understand what the other side is thinking more commonly than the other way around? Yes. Just because you're inundated with it. Like, you can't help but know what liberals are. You don't have to necessarily go out and seek it out. We're, we're the vegetarians. We're the vegans of the political I, world. You know, I, so you know, know, I, I do think that there is more of a bubble on the liberal side than there is on the conservative side. I, I don't and mean I it it's, as, a, it's as not, a pejorative. I just mean, I just I mean like as a... Say, uh, not, yeah, it's not a choice. It's, it's, it's just that there is, there is much more... It's much easier to be exposed to liberal opinion than it is to be exposed to conservative opinion. Even like... Um, I absolutely do not get what you both of you are saying. I don't, I don't, the, the, I don't the, think so. I think they're absolutely equal in terms take of... A look uh, at the, at the, take a look at the way that Trump is covered by the mainstream media, by the mm -hmm. corporate press, right? It's, Just to be clear, corporate press includes conservative and liberal press. I, I think that's true. And fake press. Sure, fine. But, you know, it, it, you go find an article on MSNBC, find an article on CNN, you find an article on, on you know, na name, name your favorite channel or whatever channel you hate, name any one of them. And then almost always the coverage is going to be negative. You know, they don't want to throw them a bone for anything. And then you have to go out and find, and this is an, an, an interesting statement about America because he's leading in the polls right now. Then you have to find, I don't know what they're called, Newsmax or whatever these weird, you know, uh, Pasobic and some of these other guys. They're, they're kind of alternative media. Not even Fox. Fox doesn't like him. Um, Fox is better to him maybe than CNN. But you have to go to some far out crazy news source to find a, sor a, a, a coverage of him that's positive almost at all. And he still is leading. Yeah, but do you polls. think that's an aspect of, of the media itself? Or do you think it's just because he's, he's not? He's terrible. Well, no, I think it's an aspect of the media itself. I, here, here's here's one thing. Like, and this is this is what I I use to kind of point this out. Do you think that Donald Trump personally is a funny person? Yeah, of course. He, really, I mean, that's that's funny. actually very unusual for for a liberal. To say. No, no, he's funny. I mean, he's you know, it's funny. I was I was just this morning. So I was you don't to my see wife, it, right? I, I was I, saying to I my see wife what you're talking about. But I was I don't saying to my wife we were talking about DeSantis dropping out of the race. And I said he's 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 all the cruelty of Donald Trump and none of the charm. Like Donald Trump has has charm. I mean, he had a hit TV show yeah. it's based on his charm, right? Like, and, and that's usually what I go to is like you forget that when he had his TV show, he he was he's a funny person. I don't person. think he has though. Well, I oh, think I think yeah, he's he lost. The I, I, do yeah, think, I think I think, that's, I think he's got a weird charisma, but I don't know if it's I, I don't know if I would call him. I, but I also I, think I also he's think, and I I kind of disagree with you to a certain extent. Like, no, you're not allowed to do that. My wife, my my Why wife. Outside of the table, is that anti-Semitism? My, my wife said when you are so. Dave is racist. <laughs> <laughs> we had the New Hampshire. Uh, Primary, my my wife Nazi. says. I'm out of here. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> let's go get some. Oh, wait, let me finish. Come on. The uh, the fact is, like she was saying, do you think that 
that there's going to be all these Democrats that are going to cross over to vote for her since they don't have a Democratic primary so that she would win. And I said, no, I don't think so, because I think most Democrats want Donald Trump to be the, the Republican candidate. I think that they they know, and they've done it for several election cycles now, that they believe that they have, they have put money towards conservative MAGA candidates in the primaries because they know that most of the time in they, they did that. General. Illinois, Illinois was the $45 million they spent to get Darren Bailey. The Democrats spent $45 million to get Darren Bailey to run against J.B. Pritzker because they know that in the general election, there's there's more Democrats than we'll see because Biden is unbelievably uh, low in the polls. But um, they but if, believe if that the there best was person an election, they can run against is Donald Trump. If only there was an election you could turn to to see whether that type of thing would work. And if I were to write an alternative history about it, I would place that election in 2016. No, 2022. Or, yeah, 2022 is the big one. I just meant 2016 as as that was when everyone said, "Let's get oh, you know." Like let's the, get the media clearly was like hyping him up as oh, yeah. the guy to beat, and then they were shocked. You know, a he, billion dollars of free media when he to, you know Donald when he beat Trump. Hillary. But yeah, you're right. 2022. I thought 2022 was the end of Donald Trump. I thought that the uh, the election in 2022 showed that Trump was. Almost everyone that he selected did poorly. Some of them won, but didn't, you know, didn't win resoundingly. And then DeSantis just smashed his opponent, which was a shock. I mean, I didn't expect that. So I expected him to win. I didn't expect him to win. One, one of the projects we worked on a couple of years ago um, was launching News Nation. And as part of that, News Nation, when they started out, you son of a bitch. What's News Nation? Nation? What's that? What's, What's News Nation? So News Nation is a, is a new... It's like WGN's news channel. Yeah. So oh, WGN, WGN, oh okay. WGN America. You're thinking of Newsmax? I, I, yeah, I, yeah, redact, yeah. I redact my son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you thought it was Newsmax? Uh, maybe. WGN <laughs> America. Again, not good at stuff. They, they, uh, their programming was stuff like, you know, Blue Bloods reruns and Murder, She Wrote and stuff like that. But the problem is they don't have the rights to put that any of that stuff online because they only have the rights to broadcast it. So... Oh knowing that more and more young people are not watching linear TV, they didn't have a, you know, they, they were having a problem dwindling audience. So they decided to go to a, a 24 hour news channel because the company that owns them owns the most stations in the United States. And Thank every you, one of those markets, every one of those markets has a, has a local news team. So they have this huge footprint of reporters that they can draw on. Which is un-American and shouldn't happen. Which, well, no, it's, it's actually really interesting because they're, they're different affiliates and stuff like that. So so one of the things that we looked at, so they, they um, you know, we did we did research and we found that that um, their, their, their thing was like they were, they started out by going straight down the middle. And they actually hired people called rhetoricians. Like they hired this woman. Really Wait, those guys were sitting around waiting on a job. Really, really, no. Well, she she worked. She worked. Um, she was worked for the Vatican. I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but here's how you find a rhetorician. Um, yeah, I'll have a uh, double latte. <laughs> uh, Where so, was she working? You had said it, and I missed it. So right. she, so so she she had worked at the Vatican, which is an interesting job because because you have like liberation theology people in like South America on the far left in, in the Catholic Church, and then you have like the super conservatives in Poland and Hungary, right? So she, so, so she has to kind of, she was, her job was to kind of make sure that everything was kind of balanced. And they would, they would scrub the scripts 
for biased language. And so they were very serious about it. And, and uh, the problem was is that it, if you were, and, and we did some research about this, if, if, you, if you were liberal, you liked your bubble. You like your yeah. you like your bias, right? You're you're seeking out people like like uh, you know Joy Reid and, and Rachel Maddow and stuff like that. If you're conservative, you don't believe it's possible to be unbiased, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so and so wow. we had to we had to we had to come up with a different different plan. But but which I Wait thought was a, a really. What do you mean you had to come up with a different plan? <laughs> a, different, a different well a different way of 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 telling people about this new channel. Like in other words, to say it straight down the middle, you know, if you're democratic, you, right? Well, if you're democrat, you'd be like, I don't want, I don't want straight down the middle. And if you're republican, you're like, no way, you're, you're liberal. I, I, I can yeah. tell you what, as you were describing this, I said to myself, it sounds like a great way for liberals to claim that they're unbiased. Well, so so as part of this project that I was working on, I came I came across there's a there's a nonprofit group called Adfontes. A D F O N T E S. Okay. And they publish a, a graphic every every <coughs> couple of months. And what they do is they, they plot every news outlet, like mainstream news outlet, based on whether it's factual or opinion on one axis and conservative, liberal on the other axis. I think I've seen that. And what you see is that in the middle, it's really crowded, and then as you, you know, as you, it's like a bell curve, you know, as you get to the to the more extreme, I've seen something like that. You know, you, you you're going to get Breitbart on one side, and you're going to get like you know, uh, Wonkat on the other, right? So, so they're looking at all these different um, things, and it's it, like the truth is, is that most mainstream media, they might be center right or center left, but it's not really all that extreme because they want to appeal to the most people. Exactly. Exactly. And they got advertising dollars to sell it, right? <coughs> so, but, but the yeah. problem is that people, I think people perceive the bias as way stronger than it actually is. Well, I'll, I'll well, tell you where, where, I, where I, I mean, I don't know anything about what you just said, so I'm speaking ignorantly here, but I'll tell you my reaction to it, you know, yeah. and this is, I don't know, the, the emotions driving the, the elephant or not, but what my reaction to it was, so you got this attempt to be, centrist and typically what that means is let's define what what's right let's define what's left the person doing that is probably center left what's today called center left and so they define what's right as nikki haley they define what's left as joe biden and let's face it there's not a ton of difference between nikki haley and joe biden on the issues that really matter and so that's the spectrum and so you know if 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 the majority of americans right now are leaning towards donald trump and that doesn't mean they're right. That doesn't mean they're conservative. You know, it just means that's where the country is. But what, what you've defined as, as you know, your spectrum is completely out of whack with where the majority of Americans are right now. And, you know, that, that as we can see, they can flip on a dime. I, mean, I don't know that the majority of Americans have a strong identity. But, you know, that, that, that's, if, if that's your, you know, the rightest is, is Nikki Haley, Mitt Romney, uh, John McCain. And, and then I think... A lot of Americans, and particularly a lot of Republicans, they're looking at these people as the old guard. They represent a, 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 what is hopefully a bygone era of the Republican Party, and the Republican Party needs to stand for something different and something bolder. And so you're not capturing that. You, so you have your, this is, this is so my one thing we, So one thing we discovered when we, when we looked into this, it was something really shocking, which is that 
we noticed that Republican viewership of like news products dropped by five million. That's a huge number. Yeah, they're getting from somewhere else. Yeah, they're going to websites. They're going to websites. They're not, they're, they're opting out of mainstream news. So I think when, when you see, like, I don't think a majority of people support Trump. I think, I think, I think the majority of Americans are done with Trump. I, I don't think the majority of Americans are so in love with Biden either, but, but uh, I think the, but the majority of Republicans, the ones that are left, are for Trump. Well, right? right, because a, a lot of those a lot of those small C conservatives have been run out of the party because they're just not pure. You know that on the liberal side, they're I think they're falling away from mainstream media too. Like my wife doesn't really watch mainstream media. I agree. She watches these. She watches the YouTube spinoffs of main, uh, like oh, uh, main media, like, like the the, uh, the Young Turks and that that Tucker type of Carlson. Tucker. Is, yeah, you know, but I'm trying I, to not that she watches she watches, Tucker, but. It's, it's these three guys that are that were. <laughs> they're really great reporters. Um, I mean, they're they're really really gifted reporters. Um, but their YouTube channel is is very biased, mm-hmm. right? Um, in in the in the thing that makes me mad. This is why I don't like watching Rachel Maddow. Either. Um, in both cases, they're they're extremely good at what they do. She's a great journalist. These guys are great journalists. Smart. And I don't like that. I don't appreciate. These guys, I wish I could remember the name of them. Um, they, they, their whole show is just attacking um, uh, conservative media. Yeah. All they do is attack that. It feeds my wife. And it's not, she's not watching CNN unless there's some fucking explosion. Um, she watches these guys, and and then like their spinoffs and those spinoffs. She's getting, she keeps getting further and further away, and I keep telling her that's QAnon for Democrats. You're gonna quit. I'm interested in this whole new la- no labels thing, and if because it does seem to me that we are in a a point where there could be another third party. There, I think it would be a terrible time for it. Right. I'm afraid. Well, this wouldn't be the right time. Well, there's not time. I mean, it would just be interesting to me to see somebody like because I mean I would much rather hold. Although again, you get a little bit of boomer thing, but somebody like Joe Manchin and uh, you know and people like that who are something like I in, in what 2016 I said the one person I wish would have ran was Howard Schultz, the Starbucks guy, and I was like, I remember you talking about him, and I and I thought it was like because I am a much more moderate person. I disagree with a lot of liberal stuff, but I don't like that. I disagree with a lot of liberal. Economic stuff, but I am much more moderate in my social thing, and I think that there, I think that at some point we're going to have to come up with something else because yeah, well, I think what's going to happen is the Republican Party is going to die. The Whig Party, but the Republican, the Whig Party died when the Republicans were ascending. So who's going to ascend? You can't. I think I think what you're going to have is like some, something like the Lincoln Project, which is which is gaining oh very interesting, very which is a yeah, which there, we have a lot of small C conservatives and a lot of like thoughtful conservatives. I don't know about that. When I when I see Lincoln Project people, it reminds me of what he just said about it. Their, their, their presentation comes off as you guys are too stupid. Uh, well, that's, that's their job. I mean, that's, that's but I, they're not they're I, not that, that attitude is, is is I have the same problem with like with with some of the people I, I used to like Sean Hannity. Back when he was just on the radio, oh, I didn't when he's on TV, he was—he's—he's he's a smug. Tucker Carlson, the same way. I, well, 
now that he's kind of gone off the rails. But when he was on TV, a lot of the stuff that he said, I agreed with, but I hated his presentation. And the Lincoln Project seems to be the same thing. They're they're also pushing this thing that if you don't agree with us, you're evil and should be destroyed. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I think the Lincoln Project is the. I think that their stance is that we are the true Republican Party, and if you're still subscribing to the party that's so divisive, you're you're doing the wrong. Yeah, except that all the all the Lincoln Project's people. Are all, they they all support the old Republican Party, you know, the, the, the Republican Party of two thousand four well, or something like that. Well, yeah, We're that, further, man. Yeah, yeah. But that would be me. I yeah, I'm this, one of those old yeah, Republican parties. But I don't like those people either, only because I don't. I I, I, I again, I see them being the same divisive. Just, but, but that's their, their they're activists. They're not. They're not journalists. They're yeah, not, they, they're they're, not they're to intending to be divisive. Yeah, yeah, they're they're partisans. I see them largely as as the mainstream media's face of what they wish conservatives could be. In, in other words, when I when I said before about how let's let's create let's create your spectrum of available and appropriate opinions, you know, they're the ones on the right. And they're going to promote that as the available and appropriate opinion for a rightist because they don't like Trump and they don't like where the Republican Party is going. But here's the thing. I think that's where the Republican Party is going. And I don't think it's unpopular. Or I don't think it's as unpopular. Further to the right? I don't know that Trump is further to the right than what he's worth. He's not all that that much of a right winger, but he's a populist. And he certainly is is different from... It's not true that Trump Trump is like... Is like the, the clown face of the, of the party, as far as I'm concerned. But, but uh, it's the people who are behind that, right? It's the McDonald's of the world. Okay. It's the it's the Courtney Docs. Love. Leaves a gaping hole. You talking about the woman that was working for Trump? No, that Congress Congresswoman. We're, we're, Courtney we're, Green. Oh, Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor, Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. Marjorie Taylor Green. Uh, uh, they're just like they're they're, they're clowns. They're well, yeah, they're they're the Ocasio Cortez of the Republican Party. They're they you know, I mean, you know, like you got Marjorie Taylor Green, you got Steve Gates, you got but Lauren Bulbert. Who Lauren Bulbert? I give I give a little bit more credit to because she's fucking. <laughs> you said you want to go to the theater with her? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, when, uh, when you were talking earlier about uh, what, 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 okay. well, yeah, I was, well, I was going to say, no, I would I would be much rather in a position where I would vote for somebody like if they did a ticket like Mitt Romney and Joe Bates, even though they're older than I would like. But those kind of guys where you can sit there and you can discuss issues and maybe not agree on everything, but be close enough to be like, all right, well, if we have to do... If, uh, it, was, if it was Joe Manchin and then Mitt Romney and there was a solemn promise to lock Romney in a closet and not let him out, well, I, might, I might vote for that ticket. I don't know. Romney comes I'm just off saying like, like, I'm not crazy about Romney. The essence of government is you have to compromise sometimes. Because you're finding things that you agree with. And the last 15 years, the, the Republican Party, as it is, is interested in dismantling government, not being governed. We, we're too big of a country to not be governed. We have yeah. to be governed. Oh, I agree with that. So that, that's, the, that's the issue that I have. So as far as like the, the stance of the Lincoln Party, they are party. They're, they're activists. They're not journalists. 
right? Now, they show up on, on mainstream media because they're being promoted by just like the Brookings Institution shows up. They're being promoted by because they're being promoted by the mainstream media. They're being well, promoted by the just, corporate press in the face of, of, uh, got, of correct start. conservatism. We want to start, Sorry, start ending it because we're over an hour. We're, we're in an hour and twenty minutes. But the, I, I do let me let me put this way because I, I mentioned that I had been like reading a lot of history prior to World War II and stuff. One of the things that strikes me as that we have now is that. We are ill in, in many ways the way the world was in the 20s and the 30s. And I think it might take an existential crisis, like a depression, world war, to get us out of this and get us all focused on something. And that's what's frightening. Right. I'm hoping not. Here's what I'll say. If you want. If you want that war, get Nikki Haley in there. She'll give you that war. Decent news. BBC is pretty good. Uh, Al Jazeera, yeah, the reporting's pretty good. The reporting's good. Actually, I knew, I knew the uh, guy who was there, one of their editors. What about News Nation? You, I, I hear News that Nation. they're. I hear that they're. They're. I, I don't watch News Nation, but I do hear that they're much more. So down the thing the that News Nation pivoted to, right? They're they're center right, but they make sure that they present multiple sides of an issue. They're not. They're not partisan, and they they, they will ask questions, and, and and they're they're practicing what I consider to be accurate journalism. So I, I would I would recommend that. Um, I would also recommend like Joy Chuella. I think that they're very good. That's, so that Joy Chuella is the German BBC. So it's the German national. How are you on Payibi Greenwald and that that uh, cadre? Who's that? I'm not Payibi Glenn Greenwald. Alternative journalists. I find that it's, a, it's, it's it sometimes gets um, it sometimes gets very uh, into the weeds. No, it gets very partisan. Like well, in what way? Well, well, I, I just don't. They're left wingers. What's that? They're left wingers. Yeah, but yeah. I, I don't. I don't. Here's the thing. I'm I'm left wing, but I'm not down. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't need to have my belief. I I like my beliefs count. Well, I, yeah, but I, like I don't know Greenwald, but Matt Taibbi specifically. I didn't start reading him until the whole X Files thing, but now I, I do read a lot of his stuff. And even though I think he's left wing, I, I he really goes into stories and seems to me presents. You know, he might come to the wrong conclusion from my point of view, but I still am interested in what he writes. I, I, I agree with you know what I'm saying. I mean, he really goes in, he really delves deeply in the story and, and, yeah, and presents both sides, and then yeah. He's very investigative. I don't always come out on the same side of the issue, but he. he I think I, 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 I have an understanding like of the issue, even if I don't. Like ground news is a really interesting service because they they pull in from all these different news things and then they break down, kind of using an algorithm like at Fontes there, so they'll tell you like how much factual content is here, how much opinion, how, you know, whether it slants left or right. I think, and can, I think they should create badges for that. They do. And, and, Really? Yeah. I feel like they should be sponsoring. The it, show. it should be blue check marks. It should be blue check marks. Well, I mean, <laughs> you, should, you should be somebody. Somebody needs to. You need, there needs to be a way for people that don't do work to understand whether the source where they're getting their news from, like where it lands on the objectivism. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that, I, I think that is what services like Ground News. I think that's over. I, really, I think that's over. And, and I'll tell no, and I'll tell you why I think that's over. But I'll tell I mean, look, from the perspective of anyone that's a little bit right of center, or maybe even a lot, a lot right of center, 
what do we see over the last you know eight years um, was a bunch of biased reporting on Trump, a bunch of bias. Anytime Trump tried to withdraw troops, it was the it was the end of the world. You know, then then COVID came. And for heaven's sake, everyone in the news was was, was everyone in the news. It was like 100 percent. They were all unanimous, conservative, liberal, you know, we'll call them in quotes, conservative, liberal. That's not in quotes. Um, you know, if you think that the vaccine is not 100 percent effective, you're crazy. You're a maniac. If you're not not locking down, refusing to go out to restaurants, if you think that restaurants ought to open up your nuts, you're absolutely crazy. And then you look at the statistics afterwards and there's no statistical difference between places that had mandates, places that didn't, places that locked down, places that didn't. No statistical difference whatsoever. And, and everyone saw that, you know. And, and so if, if I'm sitting there as a consumer of media and I'm trying to figure out, well, who should I trust? You know, it, none of the people who were reporting over the last 10 years. You know, and, and you can go back further uh, when when uh, you know, when when Bush said we got to go into Iraq because there's weapons of mass destruction. What did the American media do about that? I mean, was there investigative journalism? Did anyone find out whether Saddam Hussein even likes Al Qaeda? Well, there was in print media. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's but, the but there has been in T- TV media. Been a lot of stuff. I mean, you even look at even from from the point of view of somebody center left, even the Hunter Biden story. Whether you think it's important or not, it was very clear that the media lied about the story. And I mean, and every time they went on and said this is disinformation, which means to most people means that this is a lie. It turned out that it wasn't. And, and, and where was the mea culpa? All, all stuff and where okay. was the mea culpa on that? Okay. Where was we got it wrong? Okay. Oops. If you look at the history of journalism, going back to hey, Jefferson's time, right? <laughs> it's not. The media has always been highly biased. Oh, highly, I agree. Well, American right? media started out. The, start out there was a thing called the Fairness Doctrine, right? That yeah. was in the, the, the beginning of television, right? And that put a damper on the extreme of journalism, right? Because it, 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 if, you, if you opined in one direction, you had to give equal time to the, to the other side. And since airtime was expensive, the network said, it's really your opinion. And that's why everybody loved We could not do that. Yeah. Right. <coughs> no, and I agree with that. The, so my, think, my point is only when you when you start saying, uh, putting a badge on whether something is true or not, you can't trust the people putting the badge on whether it's true or not. Because a conservative. You know, what you can do is you can have independent fact checkers that just go, go through and, and, and check it and just say, this is what we think. But every but independent like, like fact on, checker has been shown like on not Facebook and Twitter, where the independent not, fact checkers said that like, the uh, Hunter like Biden story was misinformation, and all this COVID stuff is misinformation, and you got to. They weren't independent. Well, so who are the independent? They were. People? They were called. They there. said they were. They are out there. But here, here, wait. Here, I'm sorry. Just, but just let me let me put you what I think is, and, and this goes back to my intellectual diet, is that the only way to be true is to be. Uh, uh, you have to read multiple stuff. Exactly. You have to be a generalist. Exactly. Yeah. And what I would say is, get like, out of your when, niche. The question, the question of who do I trust? Don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. Don't trust anybody. I remember it's there, there was, there was some guy. That is a terrible conclusion. I know. I remember. It's just a terrible conclusion. I remember when Ron Emanuel was one. Okay. It's a terrible it's conclusion data. because it, it erodes my, my, um, my basic belief in the power of journalism. I'm a journalist, and I believe in the power of journalism, and I know I know that it's a problem right now, and I'm bothered by the fact that you and a lot of people, your conclusion after all this, which is an inevitable conclusion, is that you shouldn't trust anybody. 
it makes me mad that that's where you're at. No, because that's it's what we should be. No, no, that's what critical thinking is. Yeah, that's what you, that's mm-hmm. critical thinking. I remember when Ron Emanuel was running for Congress years and years, decades ago. And I remember some reporter asking him a question, and it's always stuck in my mind. The reporter asked him a question, how can we trust that you're going to do whatever the issue was that you say you're going to do when you get to Washington? And he went on to this whole big thing about how you can trust him. And I said, you know what? If I, if I was running for that, I would have said, you can't. I think I have a pretty good moral compass. But it's up to the voters to hold my feet to the fire when you get there. It's up to you to stay engaged and listen to make sure that I do what I'm saying you do. And and nobody ever says that. But it's true. That's, it's our job. We're he, failing. Yeah, you're talking hey. about a politician and you're talking about a news source. I think it's But he's a being an informed person in the 1930s. Most people read three or four newspapers. Yeah. You read the conservative newspaper. Forty <laughs> newspapers published in Chicago. That's right. That's right. Forty daily that's newspapers. Right. That's right. And it tended to be you, at you least one that was newspaper. considered conservative, one that was considered liberal, and you had both. Right? And, your and then you had your ethnic newspaper. Oh, like yeah, right. right. So I got I got my trib. I got my uh, I got my what was it called? The Sun Times, and then the. Uh, there, there is some Jewish Well, you probably, you probably spend most no, no, of your time I mean, I mean, uh, reading parents. Oh, I think it was distributed in the nursing homes. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying there's a point at which everyone has to agree that, that a source is factual. That's what I'm talking about. It, you can't have a, a... Yeah, you should have critical thinking. But you, we should also... There's a point at which you have to trust the source. And yeah, but you can't because that, that no, source. No, you must. No, well, here's, because, you because must trust the, the facts may change. No, you tr- facts cannot change. But the fact is a fact; it cannot change. Here's the thing: the, the problem is, is that that's what, the what you're, what you're asking change. is what you're asking is, is to trust before you provide the evidence. And I don't. Want yeah. to, I don't want to do that. No, I want to I'm take, not. I want to take the evidence, and I want to. I want to compare it to, to, to the facts on the ground. I want to like like for example when I read an article that says studies show blah blah blah, I go look at the studies. I verify. It. Okay, it's work. I, it's I, work. I agree. To be informed that, is work. You shouldn't have to do that much work. You should be able to trust at some level. You should be able to trust news sources. That if they say these studies show, then you should go. Okay, they said those news, those studies show. And that's true. That's what I want to happen. And Margot Robbie should be single and interested. But but you, all you can do is trust. Like you talk, okay. Let's let's go back to the to the Hunter Biden thing. All the news people can say is this person says that that's a Russian disinformation campaign. So that fact is true. That person did say it. Now that person was lying, and so now the reporter doesn't know that. The reporter that reporter could say what I said was true. That. That the that there was a letter signed by all these uh, foreign intelligence people saying that this was a Russian. That he did not lie. Whoever that reporter was, it says it. But everybody that we use reporting online, so you can't trust you. It's just I, that's what I mean by a fact can change, because that person probably believed what he was reporting, and at the time, what he said was true, and then we, found, we come to find out six months later that the whole thing was false. And well, I mean, I would say that the fact didn't change. What changed was was whether or not his source was. Well, was the, the fact, truthful. like the, the thing is, is like in any news story, facts emerge. No, we find out what happened there is you find out that the guy did not report properly. He didn't report the fact properly. The fact didn't change. His reporting was flawed. Right, but then what happens? No. What's what's the next step? In other words, the next time there's a big story, do the same forty intelligence agents? 
sign a letter and the news reports it as if it was gospel? And the answer to that is yes, by the way. That's yeah. exactly what's going to happen. But you know, That's what, the what, reporter's not the fault. But what should happen? Well, the reporter is at fault the next time he believes those people. Right. Which he will. Because I, and I also think that the, the whole, uh, the, uh, you, you mentioned that the conservatives like authority. I think that liberals really like authority too. It's just a different authority. Maybe it's the colleges or the, the you know. It, it, put it this way, that, that, is a, that is a more recent phenomenon, but I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. All right, we have to. We we we're over an hour and a half. Thanks for inviting me over, Margo. Call me. Thanks for (laughs) (laughs) thanks for joining us on the Jeremiah Creek, and we'll try to do this again next week. Lubin's wrong. Dave's wrong. Eric's wrong. I'm the only one that's right. (laughs) I thought you were left. I've been trying to burp. I was going to say for for someone for someone that's so against authority, I want the authorities to tell me what's true. Abraham Lincoln is an apocryphal story. I don't know whether it's true. It was a fun story. Abraham Lincoln. Um, oh, Abraham Lincoln, by the way, was the last one to run on a union ticket. Yeah, there you go. So, so Lincoln uh, is arguing as an attorney one morning in front of. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.